This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each episode I'll be catching up with chefs, cookery writers, and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about the specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks, and shortcuts. I'm delighted to welcome Clemence Cleave to the podcast. Clem is a registered nutritionist, trained chef and university lecturer in nutrition. She's also the author of a new book, 28 Days to Gut Health, which explains the science behind the digestive system, as well as providing lots of practical advice, tips and recipes to improve gut health. Welcome, Clem. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming to share your wisdom with us today. Um, one of the reasons I asked you, apart from me being really obsessed and um, really interested in this subject, is um, gut health is such a hot topic at the moment. Why do you think it's on the agenda so much? I think this because there's been so much development in the research around this area. And um, we are suddenly realising that there is a new way of looking after our health and well-being yeah. through the gut. There is so many things possible suddenly. It's early days, so we don't understand exactly how everything uh, works yet and what we can do. But we're starting to see some practical advice on what can be done around uh, our gut that are going to that are going to have repercussion on our mental health, our physical health, and so. It's very exciting. Yeah, I love it. Hopefully we're going to get lots of takeaways from the podcast today. But can we start at the beginning with you explaining exactly what the gut microbiota are? Because I think that is the, the, the basis of what we're talking about. Today. Absolutely. So the gut microbiota is this array of microorganisms that are populating our gut. So in our large intestine, we've got trillions of microorganisms, microbes, bacteria, viruses, fungi, it's, we've, we've got as many microorganisms in the gut as there are cells in our body. And to make it vivid in your mind, it's as big as an avocado pear. So it's quite a lot. Mm. Uh, and we should consider this gut microbiota. Sometimes we refer, about, uh, we refer to it as the gut microbiome. Yeah. This gut microbiota could be considered as a true organ. And we could see ourselves as this um, superorganism, a bit like the beehives, where you've got different organisms yeah. that together work yeah. and work really well. That is us. We are the host of these population of bacteria and microorganisms. Yeah. And together, 
we work together to make this amazing super organism that amazing. we are. And the basis of, I guess, gut health is keeping it balanced and happy. Exactly. Most of the time, it works really well for yeah. us. So the gut microbiota keeps us healthy. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work so well when the the gut microbiome is not so well balanced, and we can talk about that a bit more in, in details. But most of the time, it keeps us uh, healthy. It yeah. uh, has an impact on our uh, immune functions. It has an impact on our nutrition. So thanks to this population of bacteria, we are able to process food in a much more efficient way. Yeah. And also we um, it affects our behaviors, our mood. Yeah. You were actually going to explain the, the connection between the gut and the brain because you said they, they constantly talk to each other. Yes. Tell us a bit about that. So we talk about the gut-brain axis. Okay. Uh, and actually what is important to know in... Uh, so the gut and the brain are constantly communicating. Yeah. It's a two-way communication. The gut is sending a signal to the brain through uh, the nervous system, and the brain is going to react and send another signal to the gut to say, do this, do that. And when you think about it, we experience this, or this all the time. If you're a bit stressed, you might, and you feel it in your brain, you feel it in your yeah, gut as sure. well. Um, or when you are hungry, the brain is sending a signal to, to the, the gut to say, food is going to arrive, we're going yeah. to start eating. So there is a lot of signals that are constantly sent from one to another. Yeah. What is interesting is that gut-brain axis is modulated. This communication is modulated by the gut microbiome. So the bacteria that are living in the large intestine mm. are sending signal to the brain through the vagus nerve, through the bloodstream, through the immune system to tell the brain what needs to happen. Wow. So it's just, uh, we, although we talk about the gut-brain axis, yeah. we should really talk about the gut microbiota, gut brain axis wow. because these three elements are talking to one another yeah it's like so interlinked as well because i think in the book you said it's like when you get butterflies in your stomach you know you feel it here in your gut but it actually is like a it's a feeling isn't it rather yes. than it, yeah and it's and it, and it makes you feel nervous or excited or apprehensive or whatever so and there you touch on this effect on yeah. the brain and on the mood and yeah, the behaviors the yeah, yeah. as well but where the um gut microbiota is so amazing as well is that it has a strong function around our immune system. Okay. So 70% of our cells, 70% of our immune cells are located in our gut. Wow. And you can think of the... The body is like a donut. So there is, uh, what I mean by that is that there is a big <laughs> hole, starts from the mouse, ends in the anus, and everything in between can be almost considered to be outside yeah, our body. I read that. It's, it's quite a hard concept <laughs> to get your head around because you're like, but it, but it means it's not, it's external because it's not, in, it's not with the, yes. you explain it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when you eat food, yeah. the food, even though it's, feels like it's going it inside your body, it actually, it's still outside yeah. your bloodstream. That's a good way of explaining it. <laughs> so that's why I like the idea of the tube or the donuts, you know. <laughs> it's, yeah, there is a hole and that yeah. hole is there. And you, where, But there's going to be lots of transfer from the, the digestive system yeah. into the body. 
And uh, but that transfer is going to be regulated and modulated, especially in the large intestine, by this gut microbiota, by these microorganisms, uh, because they are maintaining the quality of the barrier, of the yeah. gut barrier, and is going to allow things to transfer yeah. things that are uh, nutrients. They are foreign bodies, but the body knows that they're safe. They mm. can go through. Whilst uh, pathogens, the body knows that it shouldn't be let in. And that knowledge from the gut and from the immune system is done through the gut microbiota, yeah. from, from these microorganisms that are educating our immune system. But sometimes it doesn't work. And that's yeah. why sometimes people who have um, uh, allergies, yeah. they the immune system hasn't completely been educated properly. Right. And so you will see reaction to yeah. uh, some uh, uh, some food that one might be eating. It's, it's so fascinating. Um, you also say that, um, you know, poor gut is linked to health issues, but it's not just physical, but as you touched on, they're mental as well. Tell us a bit more about that. Okay, so um, at the moment, yeah. we are still trying to really fully understand this. But uh, I bet that in 10 years' time, we will be looking at using probiotic, and we'll talk about probiotics, yeah. uh, but this uh, modulating this gut microbiota to really improve our uh, mental health. Yeah. And I'm just going to give you an example of, yeah, of studies that yeah. have been made that I think are fascinating. So they've uh, noticed that if they take a rat and they do a fecal transplant, uh, so fecal microbiota transplant into that rat, but taking the gut microbiota of somebody who is suffering, suffering from depression yeah. and they transplant it into the rat. Yeah. That has, that rat starts to have a behavior of um, depression like symptom like signs of yeah yeah, yeah. exactly, wow. and so we realized that there is a link yeah. with the composition, the shape yeah. of your gut microbiota, and your mood. At the moment, it is a link, so we don't know okay. whether it's. Because you suffer from depression, that it will have a knock-on uh, knock effect yeah. on your the shape of your gut microbiota, yeah. or if it is the shape of your gut microbiota that leads on to actually showing uh, uh, symptoms of depression. Yeah, and depression is very complicated, and of many course. things are coming into yeah. play. So we uh, don't want to say, "Look, eat this, and you will never suffer from depression." That would be no. <laughs> not. <laughs> Uh, reasonable. But there is some evidence that what's happening in our gut yeah. has an effect on our mood, on our behaviors, and, uh, and our depression. And they've done this amazing, amazing study. It's a small sample, but um, there is this uh, study that we love in uh, dietetics and nutrition called the, the SMILE trial, where they taken a sample of people who were suffering from uh, depression. And they did an experiment. They, they separate this population into two groups. Mm -hmm. And one group, they gave them advice on how to feed their gut microbiota. And uh, that was the intervention group. Mm -hmm. And the other group, 
they gave them only um, some befriend, uh, really friendly support. So yeah. no information about the diet. And they've seen some fascinating results in the improvement of the uh, depression symptom yeah. in the intervention group. If I remember well the number, I think that uh, in the intervention group, you so um, after 12 weeks, 30% of the, the group were not considered as uh, falling in the uh, depression category, wow. while the regression was only 8% in the other group. That's incredible. And also what, what's really nice about it is it's, a, it's something that people could adopt with, you know, the, it, it doesn't involve taking medication. It's it, you could try it as an add on to various things. It's not it's it's not going to harm you. It's only going to make you healthier anyway. And it could help you in that way. Exactly. So, it's what it's it's safe. Yeah. You will have lots of physical uh, health benefits yeah, as well. Anyway. So it's worth giving it a, yeah. a go. I should just mention that in that trial, yeah. they didn't change the um, drugs or the uh, talk therapy that people might have. So the, the diet yeah. came as uh, an uh, add-on, add yeah. exactly. Uh, but it was an effective add-on. That's great. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I also wanted to talk about the microbiome because you said the microbiome is unique to you. So that so there's no actually ideal, there's not an ideal state we're trying to get to. You're just trying to find your happy place for your gut. <laughs> you are yeah. yes, but Don, it is exactly that. And that's what um uh it wouldn't it be amazing if we knew exactly what type of bacteria yeah. you need to have in your diet, in your gut, and we will give them to you and everybody will be fine. But actually, there isn't one perfect gut microbiota. It's different for everyone because uh, it will be created progressively yeah. throughout your life. Uh, uh, and starting from uh, the moment that you are in the womb, and will evolve throughout your life. And so the right microbiome is unique to you. Yeah. It's a bit like a fingerprint yeah. and it works for you. It needs to work for you, but you don't need to have your neighbor's gut microbiome. It might not work <laughs> yeah. for you at all. Yeah. And that's where it's, start, it's at the moment a bit difficult to know exactly how we should use it medically to help somebody because yeah. we don't know exactly what we are aiming for, yeah. for one person. Um, but there are a few uh, elements that we know tend to be associated with a healthy uh, microbiome. Yeah. First is the size of it. The bigger, the better. Um, probably because when you've got um, a bit like you've got a forest, when there are, it's a forest with lots of trees, there isn't much space for weeds to grow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's populated and it creates a bit of a balance. You really have to imagine your uh, microbiome as an ecosystem. Uh, so the size is important. 
the diversity is important. Yeah. You don't want to have only bifidobacteria. You know, it's not, <laughs> you need a bit of you need a bit of E. coli. You yeah. need a bit of uh, everything to make it broad and and varied. So we talked about the size, the diversity, and then after it likes stability. It quite like okay. so it doesn't like so when you take antibiotics, suddenly you knock that down, and it's going to. B, suddenly your gut microbiome is not very happy. It will come back to what it was before, but uh, you might uh, be a bit uh, m- m- struggling with your digestion yeah. or, uh, or feeling a bit down or, or, or things like this. So these are the, the, the characteristics. And then after, we know there are some bacteria that tend to be particularly beneficial. So we do want to see some lactobacillus uh, uh, yeah. in, uh, in your gut or some bifidobacteria. Um, these seem to be quite, uh, have been associated with good health. Are those the probiotics? That exactly. We're talking about? Yeah. Yes. So let's let's talk about prebiotics and probiotics and the mm. difference, because okay. I think yeah. that would be really good for people to know what. Yeah. So yeah. probiotic, the definition is that it's a microorganism that has been proven to have beneficial oh, okay. effect on your health. Um, so probiotic, you might find it into fermented food, lacto-fermented food. Yep. Like naturally like, it occurs. There, exactly, yeah. like uh, live, yogurt live yogurt or um, as a kefir, yeah. kombucha, uh, a, um, a kimchi, sauerkraut, yeah. or you might find it in a pill. Yeah. So that's probiotic. It's the live organism associated with beneficial yeah. effect on health. We also have a prebiotic, and prebiotic are actually the food, what we call the substrate, the food in which the bacteria in your gut are going to thrive on, oh, what okay. they eat. Yeah. So, and prebiotic, to be precise, is actually the food that the good bacteria are going to thrive on. So okay. if you want to really help the uh, the beneficial uh, bacteria, these are the food that you want to eat. But in general, uh, because we have a duty to take care of our gut yeah. <laughs> microbiome, we know we want it to thrive, we want it it's to be happy. It's yeah. our responsibility. <laughs> We're not only feeding ourselves, yeah. we're feeding this uh, um, colony uh, in, in our gut. So what we want, what they love is plant-based food and especially they love dietary fiber. Okay. So dietary fiber is a type of carbohydrates. It's a carbohydrate that we cannot digest. So um, when we eat food, we break it down, it goes through the stomach, and then uh, it starts to, we've got lots of enzymes that come and snip and cut all the food that we've eaten to break it down into nutrients that we can absorb. We can't break down dietary fiber. Uh, so that dietary fiber is carry on. And you might be familiar with the, this idea that dietary fiber helps with the regulating our gut motility the, yeah. and regulates uh, the, how uh, our frequency to go to the loo. Yeah. Just it creates a, a bulk yeah. in, um, uh, in our guts and slows down or speed up the speed at which food travels through the digestive system. For a long time, we thought that it was just mechanical, that it was good for us. But what we've discovered is that actually the bacteria live in our guts. They love, they feed on these dietary fiber. So we don't have the enzyme to break it down. They do. And so in your gut happens fermentation. These bacteria are 
feeding anaerobically this food, breaking it down into tiny little um, uh, particles, uh, um, metabolites yeah. that we're going to be able to absorb. We're going to absorb vitamin K. We're going to absorb um, uh, some uh, what we call short-chain fatty acid. And these have amazing modulating effect on our health. So we want a lot of dietary fiber yeah. in our diet to feed uh, these microorganisms that are playing such an important role in our health. What would be sort of common dietary fiber? What so there are many kinds of dietary fibers. Okay. So when we think of dietary fiber, we think, oh, fruit and vegetables, rich in fiber, brilliant, this yeah. is what we need. But actually, there are many kinds of oh, dietary really? fiber, soluble and insoluble, fermentable and non-fermentable. And that is just categories, there are many, there are, there are thousands of different types of dietary fiber. And because there are thousands of different types of bacteria in our gut, yeah. we want many kinds of okay. dietary fiber in our diet. And that's why diversity in our diet is so important. Yeah. Let's talk about diversity then, because um, I know in the past, five a day was the big target. Everyone was going on about five a day. Now we're hearing about 30 a week. Yeah. Um, I'm actually doing it at the minute. I've been doing it for a, a couple of months now because um, I heard Tim Spector talking about it on a podcast. Um, and it's really fascinating because it when you first think about it, it, it sounds impossible or it sounds like out of reach. But um, but it's 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 kind of easier than you think. Tell us all about the diversity in the 30 a week. Yeah, absolutely. It is intimidating yeah. okay, <laughs> because we're already struggling with a five a day. Yeah. How are we going to reach 30 different type of plant uh, uh, eaten every week. Yeah. So five a day is only for fruit and vegetables. And you may, you ask me, where do we get dietary fiber? Yeah. We get it from fruit and vegetables, yeah. but not only. We find it in nuts, seeds, legumes. And when I say legumes, I'm talking about lentils, yeah. beans, chickpeas, and peas of all sorts. We also find it in all grains. So... Um, a brown rice, brown bread, all the barley, rye, oats, all of these are going to give us some interesting dietary fiber. Yeah. Herbs, spices are also considered to be plant-based. They bring uh, a bit of fiber, more than fiber. What they bring us is polyphenols, but I'm just going to put that aside at, at the moment <laughs> to keep it simple. But simple. But when we're talking about eating if aiming at 30 different plant-based yeah. foods a week, we think of fruit, fruit and veg, grains and all grains, legumes, nuts and seeds, herbs and spice. Yeah. So suddenly you realize it's much easier because if you just think of a curry, yeah. a, veget a, a, a vegetarian curry, you're going to have three different vegetables, you're going to have three different uh, uh, spices, you're going to have probably some onions as well. Yeah, maybe some coriander on there. Yes, coriander yeah. on top of it. Suddenly, rice, you, brown rice. With brown it, rice, yeah. suddenly you're nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got nine different plants yeah. and just in just one meal. So it's manageable yeah. to the level of the... And every different thing you have, your, um, your gut's getting more excited by. It's got something new to feed on. Exactly. <laughs> Let's talk a bit about the typical Western diet and, and why traditionally it's not been so gut friendly. Why is that? Um, very good point. First of all, the Western diet is poor in vegetables. Yeah. Uh, it's mainly focused on refined grains. 
so that is not going to bring a lot of fiber. And just yeah. to give you a bit of an idea on fiber, if we look in, the recommendation is to aim at 30 grams of fiber a day. Yeah. And in the UK, we are barely hitting the uh, 20 grams a day. Actually, I think it's 17 for women, 18 for men, if my um, numbers are, are, if I remember the numbers correctly. So we're not there at all. And actually, 30 grams is something to aim for, yeah. but more... Go beyond that. It, it, it seems to have better results for yeah. our health. So the Western diet is poor in dietary fiber. It's also um, really high in ultra-processed food, and that seems to have a, quite a damaging effect on our gut. So it's knocking down the good bacteria and is promoting the proliferation of not-so-healthful uh, uh, yeah. bacteria. All the artificial sweeteners yeah. tend to show to, to be bad for our gut. Why, and gu- why is that the artificial because you I mean it's, sugar is is fine I guess unrefined sugar is is okay or? so um no sugar is sugar it's so sugar as long as you don't eat you don't eat a lot a of lot, it yeah. um the chances are you're going to absorb it very quickly yeah, so in the small intestine get, so yeah. it won't get to the large intestine okay. and it won't really interfere with it, yeah. it won't mingle with the the, the bacteria in our uh, colon but um, if you eat a lot uh, of sugar then there might be some that end up okay. in the, the in the large intestine but it's more the the fact that you've got some very um yeah we've got evidence that the artificial sweeteners tend to uh, to damage the uh, and don't feed the right bacteria oh, okay. uh, and uh, and the diet the western diet starves the good bacteria yeah um, and that is the major problem. We yeah. also know that a diet rich in protein, animal-based food, so animal-based protein, uh, tend to, again, feed the bacteria, but they don't secrete, when they eat that food, they don't secrete yeah. the good metabolites. They don't secrete these short-chain fatty acids that are so beneficial for our health. So that's another limitation. It's not such a diverse diet. Yeah, of course. So when you eat something, it's also taking space for something that you're not eating. So when you're eating uh, a burger, yeah. uh, you are not going to eat something else. Yeah. You are not going to eat a lot of leaves. You're not going to eat lots of chickpeas. You're not going to eat lots of pulse. You're not going to eat uh, the uh, whole grains. And so it's taking space uh, in your diet for all the good things that would actually make your gut microbiota thrive. I guess also with processed food, you could think of something like a lasagna that you go and buy from supermarket. You know, we all do it like ready meals now and again because you just haven't got time. But again, if you if you cook that from scratch, if you had the time to cook it from scratch and freeze it, then it's a million times better than that, which has been through loads of processes and obviously killed off a lot of the nutrition. You're right, but I would I don't want to... M- People feel guilty because no. we need yeah. to take shortcuts in life. We need a bit of processing in our food. So, but I would really encourage you to look at the label, look yeah. at all the ingredients uh, in it. If it has a very long shelf life, yeah. if it's full of emulsifiers, um, yeah. uh, uh, artificial sweeteners, stabilizers, and all these kind of things that you wouldn't find 
in your cupboard, yeah. it's going to be nutritionally poor and it's going yeah. probably to have not such a great effect on your yeah. gut. No, it's, a, it's, it's a really good way of thinking about it as well as how many things is, if, if I look on it, it's just got veg, rice, something, something. That's, that's it's it's, fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or thinking about eating the food as close to when it's sort of in its original form, I yes. guess, because it yeah. hasn't been messed around with too much. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So it's such a good way of thinking about it. Lastly, you say it's not all about diet. So there's other factors that can influence the gut, aren't there? Um, what should we be looking out for, like environmental factors, lifestyle factors? You're absolutely right. So... Like I said, your gut microbiome is very different from mine. Yeah. Uh, I was born in France. I was raised in Paris. Um, uh, it's going to all of where I was born. I was my mom gave me gave birth to me naturally, yeah. so uh, I, she didn't have a C section. All of this will have an impact in shaping up my gut microbiome. So there are elements of your gut microbiome that you can't change. They, it's, you, know, you don't choose how you're born, where you're born, um, whether you, were, you, le- you grew up in nature or in, in a city. But it's, uh, there are some elements that are in your control. Yeah. So sleep has a huge effect on your gut microbiome. The exposure to stress, the exposure to pollutant will, uh, will have an effect on your gut microbiome. The um, how much exercise you do. Aerobic yeah. is fabulous to help your gut thrive. Um, smoking, surprise, surprise, has a bad effect on your gut microbiome. Um, we also have some fascinating evidence that the more contact you've got with nature, yeah. the better your gut microbiome oh. is. And there are some good evidence that uh, a pet is brilliant to have <laughs> really? a very varied and diverse and large gut microbiome. So, yes, it's diet is definitely a fabulous tool. It's the easiest tool because yeah. we have to, to make choice around our food so many times a day and we can't all live in, uh, no. uh, in the countryside. But, uh, but there are other things, so protecting your sleep, managing your stress, Exercising regularly, yeah. not smoking, this uh, and maybe have a pet, have a dog. <laughs> Will help. Every everyone should get a dog. Exactly. As a dog owner, I you know I highly recommend. Exactly. It. And also, when you've got a dog, what do you do? You go and walk. You go walking. Yeah. You go out, and when you go out, you exercise, yeah. and you are get in touch with nature. You come, you have contact with nature, yeah, and you're going to be exposed to other um, uh, bacteria. And so so much fascinating stuff there. Clement, thank you so much for coming to chat to us today. My pleasure. Um, where can people find out what you're up to? And and you know, I'm... so um, I at the moment I'm fairly active on LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, and I am. Uh, I've also have an Instagram account, but um, I, I have been neglecting it a bit recently. Okay. I will be back on it. Um, but if you search for Clemence Cleave uh, Nutrition, you will find me, or you can find me as well uh, at Rocket Fuel Wellbeing. That's the name of my company. Oh, so brilliant. That's uh, how you can find about me. And just to remind people, your book is 28 Days to Gut Health. Um, and we're going to uh, put a recipe or two online, I think, can I, people can go. Yeah, please, can I just go. give a big shout out to uh, Giovanna 
Torico, who yes. wrote the recipes. Yes, She's done a should, fabulous yeah, job. We should just say, I've, I've been reading the book for a couple of days and, it, and it's, it's such a, a great practical guide. Everything's laid out really, really simply. There's a, there's a fab list in there of, of all the different uh, fiber-rich plants that you can eat, like, you know, your nuts, uh, seeds, pulses, all of that stuff. And you've also got a guide of how to get your 30 grams a day. And I read it and was like, oh, God, I can do that. That's really easy. <laughs> and then the, in the back, as he said, Giovanna's done some really lovely recipes to really pack in all those nutrition. Exactly. So, so, yeah, thanks a lot for coming again today. It's been brilliant. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Olive Podcast. For recipes and more information, head to olivemagazine.com. Do remember to listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where our guests reveal their best cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. And don't forget to subscribe at iTunes, Acast, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.